try to inspire other people. And that's really the message of the book is don't allow what other people say, think their opinions. Don't allow them to dictate what is achievement and success for you. Welcome to the My Future Business Show, where we get you in front of your best audience and keep you there. Not only are we interviewing the biggest names in business to help you become even more successful, we're inviting you to book your spot on the show to help you grow your business. So at the end of the call, make sure you fill in the interview application form at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. Hello there and welcome back to the show. My name's Rick Nusky. Just want to take a second to pause for uh, to say thank you for joining us on the show today. It's always, always a, a pleasure receiving the feedback that I'm receiving and going through it because without you, the show just isn't what it is today. So thank you very much for that support. Now, on today's show, I have the pleasure of welcoming author, speaker, and entrepreneur, Raya Gonzalez. Welcome to the show, Raya. Hello. Thank you very much. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely excited to have you here. Now, we're going to be talking about your unconventional approach to success and your new book called Successful as F***. What a title. Now, (laughs) there's a lot to to unpack on this call because I've checked out your bio. There's some some story behind your turbulent past and the things that you've gone through. And I think there's a lot of... There's a lot to do with why you're so positive and passionate and into the life that you're living today. But first of all, tell us where you're calling in from today. I am in the States. I'm in uh, Seattle, Washington, the soggy Pacific Northwest, and I love it out here. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Beautiful. Has that, has that been long-term home for you, or did you yeah. move there? Or Nope. Born and raised Washingtonian. So. Fantastic. Now, what what do you like about the, the area specifically? You know, it's... Uh, they, they don't call it the evergreen state for nothing. It is absolutely stunning to have the mountains and the ocean and just the beautiful trees. My husband's from Mexico, and every time we fly in home from somewhere, we see the green, and then he's like, ah, oh, we're home. So uh, it's beautiful. It. So, so you obviously take advantage of all of these, this wonderful scenery. Do you, do you get out, out and about much? Do you do walking? What do you, what's your thing? You would think I would, but I, <laughs> I, I actually like, I'm kind of in a homebody, so I like a cup of coffee and a snuggle in and, you know, I'm more of a um, indoorsy type person. No, I love the, I love the honesty, you know, um, and this is one of the, the, the core things about you. I think that's going to shine through in this call, Raya, is uh, the way that you define your life and you live on your terms is actually one of the statements that you've made somewhere throughout the bio or, and or your book that I've had a look through, which is wonderful. Now, tell me, um, when you were growing up, did you have anybody around you that you really looked to for, you know, guidance? We all, well, most of us, I guess, have mentors as such. Did you ever have a mentor? I did, actually. There's a whole chapter in my book about her, and it is my uh, paternal grandmother. Um, Her name was Carol, and she just was a spitfire person. Um, She was like the quintessential housewife, but she was very fiery and full of personality, very well-spoken, well-educated, and she really instilled a good work ethic and Mm. the importance of education. Now, um, one of the most important parts of this call that we're going to be talking about today is Phoebe. Tell me a little bit about Phoebe. (laughs) Oh, I was just looking around actually, because she's usually, (laughs) she's my, um, she's my little tiny Boston Terrier. She usually is my office mate, but um, she's probably about seven and a half pounds. She looks like a toy Boston (laughs) Terrier and she's five. So she's never going to get any bigger, but she's, yeah, she's, the light of my life. 
<laughs> yeah, I oh, look, they, they know when you're down, don't they? Yes, they do, for sure. Yeah, and certainly they, uh, it's, it's probably a bit of a firecracker when you're excited, she's excited. Yes. Oh, yeah. She's She definitely thinks we have bigger dogs. She thinks she's the alpha, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I absolutely love dogs. Absolutely love them. Now, I have a challenge for you. You said yes. that you're good at Connect Four. I reckon I could beat you. Oh, yeah. What do you reckon? Um, I don't think so. I don't think anyone's beat me yet. Maybe a lucky, a lucky person here and there, but I, I, I'm pretty good at it. <laughs> Not very oh. good at cards or anything else. <laughs> Literally, the only thing I have is my claim to fame for games. <laughs> yeah, well, you can keep. You know, the you know the only other one that I really enjoy is you uh, know. Do you ever play that? Oh yes, yes. See, but I'm not so good at it because it's more of like a. Um, it's more of a chance type thing with a connect four. I think maybe it's my neurodivergence, but I can kind of see where <laughs> things are going. So yeah, absolutely. I love it. Now I remember starting to play connect four when I was just a kid. Now tell us a little bit about your childhood. Do you remember much of it? And was there any positive things you could share with us about it? Yeah, I, um, I do remember a lot about it. It's funny because I was very introverted and, shy which people are always shocked about because i'm definitely not that way now <laughs> no no <laughs> um, but uh i was uh very academic i loved reading i was kind of the nerdy kid who would walk and read at the same time because i walked to and from school mm. and uh, tripping over my feet as i did that so um <laughs> i really buried myself in um academics and um i was in like a program for the academically talented which sounds more, um, you know, more important than it was, but what it did let me do was explore a lot of things that um, were non-traditional that I would have missed out in the classroom normally. Great. Great feedback. Thank you so very much. Now, I spent a lot of time researching my guests and I've, I've gone through your website and I saw some great photos of your family. Tell us a little bit yes. about the tribe. Oh my gosh. Well, <laughs> uh, we're dorks together. We we come by it honestly so my husband and i have we got married right out of high school um mm -hmm. so we got married when i was 19 and we had our first daughter right away and she's 23 um her name is angie and um we have three girls so because uh one was not enough we immediately had another one of course <laughs> so yes our second one is uh is 21 and then that we realized was a lot to have two under two. So uh, yes. um, it took a long time. We thought we were done. And then when we turned in, you know, when I was 30 and he was in his uh, 31 and I said, you know, maybe one more. So we um, we decided to have another kiddo and um, then along came Gabby. So yeah, we, wow. we have a lot of fun. Yeah. Now tell me about uh, your better half. Now, how, how inspirational and how important has he been in your journey as an entrepreneur? Oh my gosh, I literally could not do this without him. I want to give up so many times and he's like, no, we're not giving up. <laughs> Even man. in this book, in this book process, um, you know, anyone who's attempted to or wanted to write a book knows how challenging it is and he says no this book is going to make you a million dollars and I say well babe I, I don't know about that but <laughs> he, did, he really um really believes so strongly in my ability to help people um in this capacity that I think just having that um steady rock of a partner is so yeah. important 
Absolutely. Loving the call. Thank you very much for the feedback. Now, um, I know that uh, we all have daily routines, but I also know that there's a lot of startup entrepreneurs, startup uh, aspiring book authors that would be listening in today uh, with very open ears wondering, you know, how do I treat my day as a writer? Do I have a particular daily routine that I should stick to? And I'm wondering if you could share what yours looks like. Yeah, I think the most important thing is to be very true to your own um, energy cycle, you mm. know, in terms of like how you go about your day. Um, and so, and then add writing into that. So for example, I tend to be more energetic in the morning, even though I'm not a morning person, but when I'm like first up and going, and so I can get a lot done. And then midday I peter out and then I get a second wind. And so with writing, I tried to add a little bit of time in the morning Mm -hmm. um, and then if I had a second wind, I would add a little time there, but I'm much, I'm, a, I'm more of a, like an episodic writer where I'll have an inspiration and go for a while and then need to take a break for several days. So some people can allot time every day and I yep. more have to write when the inspiration strikes. You, when you, when, kind of a random when it takes you yeah. type of thing. It's it's uh, convenient that you have a pen in your hand. I was going to ask you, is there, power, is, there, is there power in the pen or do you prefer to type when you write? So funny you should say that because I do love to write on paper, but mm -hmm. I also have an iPad with an uh, Apple Pencil. Of course, um, yes. Because I I love to the tactile writing it down. Um, and so I do, when I'm writing, like for the book, I would type things, but when I would have ideas or be working things out, I would often use the iPad and keep it next to my bed because sometimes when you're waking up or you're falling asleep, that little in-between time can inspiration can strike you either for your business or for writing or a blog or anything like that, just a little idea. And then I can lean over and just kind of jot it down. So how often do you find that you're doing something completely non-related and, and you get this spark of an idea, maybe you're out and about and you go, I have to grab a pen. Does that happen to you? All the time. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm out and about and I don't have a pen, you should see my Apple notes in my phone. It's ridiculous. Like <laughs> I'll just have random things. I call them uh, shower downloads or, you know, things like that, you know, like just random things that come to mind and I don't want to forget them. So. Like I said, if I don't have a pen near me, then it's going in the phone for later. As an entrepreneur and, and you know, even as a writer, um, we oftentimes think that we can burn the candle at both ends. I'm wondering, yeah. is it important for you to take some downtime and maybe just watch a movie and just relax? Yes, I'm not quite good at that. That is the <laughs> muscle that I've been stretching lately. Um, one of the ways that I that I found works best for me is, like I mentioned, the midday is, is a challenge for me. Um, energy wise. And so I take naps and um, yep. so I'll get up very early and I'll work. And then at about 11 o'clock, my brain is done. Yep. And then I'll take a 30 or 45 minute nap and then I get up and I keep going. And then once I get up and going, then it just like the steam keeps going. Back. Yeah. You know, yeah. There has to be something in that, right? Because, you know, the likes of organizations such as Google, get their employees or allow their employees to take, you know, these power naps. And I find it fascinating. You know, we're, we're definitely changing the way in which we work, aren't we? Yes. You know, I went, I did a tour of Zappos in um, Las oh, Vegas wow. once and they have a whole nap room and it is like nothing you've ever seen. They have um, aquariums where essentially you lay down 
in these little pods, nap pods, and your face is like underneath this aquarium. Oh, um, and they have all different, like all different, like chairs that you can nap in and stuff, but they have a whole nap room for their employees. I think it's that's fantastic. amazing. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for sharing. I would never have done yeah. it. That's incredible. I must make my yeah. way over there and have a look. Yes. <laughs> now tell me something about your wonderful girls. Now, yeah. as you go through life as their, as their mum, as I'm sure their father has some ideas as well. If there was one value that you could teach them, what would that be? You know, the thing that uh, I would teach them and I hope that I have taught them is tenacity mm -hmm. because um, hardship and failure and all of those things are going to happen throughout life, no matter what. Um, and it's how we move through that and you know, give ourselves the space to feel what we feel, but how we move through that, that it creates the strength of character and helps us keep going. Um, yeah. So I would say that would be the number one thing that I would want them to take away from from it. Now, there's a lot that I've taken away. The feeling that I get is that you're a lovable character. You're very <laughs> vibrant. Uh, you love to have fun. But this all stems from a past that maybe is not so positive. How often do you find that the most positive people are those who have struggled the most? I think it happens quite a bit. Um, mm. I think that uh, it's unfortunate that trauma or hard times can sometimes form who we are. Um, yeah. Or, you know, sometimes it's because of, sometimes it's in spite of. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you, the only thing I can say is you could either go two routes with that. You can, em like, embrace it in the way that you say, well, I have, this is my lot in life. And, you know, I, I'm going to let that destroy me. Or you can say... Um, this is not acceptable. Like I, I'm going to meet the needs for myself that, or seek out people that complete and help me rise above that. Um, mm. And then try to inspire other people. And that's really the message of the book is like, don't, um, don't allow what other people say, think, um, their opinions, don't allow them to dictate what is achievement and success for you really look and evaluate what is important for you and that determines if you're successful as fuck it is nothing to do with money unless you want it to be about money um it's it doesn't have to do with anything except for what you say success and achievement and all of those things is for you and whether or not that you have a hard past or you've had a privileged past i think um everyone has had something along the way that has determined their outlook you know, I was going to ask you um, how you define success, and we can certainly circle back to that more and explore it a mm -hmm. little bit more. But one of the things in your bio that really caught my attention is the word authenticity. Yes. Tell us a bit about how important it is for you to live in authenticity. God, I don't know if I could be any other way. Like, I'm, I would say I'm too authentic for some people's <laughs> taste sometimes. Um, and that, and I address that too. I mean, I've often, you know, I've been told I'm too much or too emotional or too this or too that. And I'm just at the point where I'm just embracing my too muchness. You know, like I think <laughs> I, I can't be, if I am something else, then I'm, I'm not being myself. I am too yeah. much. I am this bigger than life person. And mm. I drive myself crazy sometimes. But I think that we have to allow the challenging and the things that might not, um, 
resonate with other people to come out too, because as we do, we find connection in ways that we don't anticipate and other people feel seen. Absolutely. Now, tell us a little bit, if you don't mind, I think it's good for the context about the, the book that we're just about to have a conversation yeah. on. Tell us a little bit about your traumatic and turbulent past. I know that there's a bit going on there. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I talk a lot in the very beginning about, you know, just being this very introverted child and um, not having a sense of self and really leaning on other people to define who I am. Mm -hmm. So having like friends that I call the alpha friends or that would make decisions for me um, or thinking that maybe the little boy in third grade is going to be the one that sees me and that gives me value or, you <laughs> yeah, know, or yeah. the queen bee of the school is thinking that I'm wearing something cool is going to make me fit in. And so um, there's that in terms of, uh, you know, early development of life. And then as I came into my teen years, there was definitely uh, turbulence in the home. Um, yeah. I ended up being a basically kicked out when I was a senior in high school and mm. having to figure out life a little ahead of schedule. Um, and then because I felt like opportunities weren't the same for me as they were for my peers, I got married. I chose to get married so young. And so, um, and then because I was married so young, I yep. dealt with financial consequences of that. And, you know, <laughs> yep. it just goes on and on. But the, the bottom line is, again, it's like, where are you meet yourself where you are and claim success and claim just embrace life where you are and find joy where you can um and um you know the joy for me is looking at this you know these cherub babies who are little brats too and <laughs> you know like and, and saying like man i you know i brought these beautiful lives into the world and um, you know, I hope that I don't mess it up. Spoiler alert, did. Um, but, you know, like... You too. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, like, that. I mean, that's the thing is, you know, every uh, thing that happens to you has this um, consequence, good or bad. And mm -hmm. um, mine were the string of, like, you know, Murphy's Law type things. Um, and it could have gone a very different route. And instead, you know, here I am, I'm 43 for a couple more weeks. Um, and, <laughs> uh, and I have two in their twenties and a, and an almost 13 year old. So it's like, I, I would say most people don't have children in their twenties when they're my age, but, um, mm -hmm. it's, it's a beautiful thing and yeah. I have zero regrets. No, absolutely. You know, and uh, we talked about being successful. Um, I certainly think in this respect, you are more than successful You're doing a wonderful job. Now, I'd love to ask you, Raya, about yeah. um, social media and, and yeah. the amount of BS um, that we're exposed to and how oh, it God, impact, yeah. impacts, um, you know, the way that you teach others, the way that you live your own life and what we should be avoiding, let alone consuming. Yeah, I, so I, it's interesting how my habits with social media have changed, actually. I've been moving over to TikTok more, mm -hmm. and I think it's because, I actually know that it's because it's less curated. Yeah. Um, it's very raw. Like, I love that people just come on with their, like, acne face or, like, in their pajamas or their towel. No makeup. And they just, like, no makeup, you know, just, like, random. I'm in the parking lot. This you is know, it. With my yeah, this is it. This is who I am. These are my thoughts. 
Um, and that really resonates with me. I don't, I mean, I have professional pictures and I have professional things, but I'm a very like down to earth, you know, person. And so, and because I am so authentic, so vulnerable, so brash in the way that I, um, you know, I am that to me resonates. Whereas Instagram, I have an Instagram and I love it, but it feels a little bit like you have to be a certain way. Um, official. Yeah, it can be for sure. Like you have to put your best foot forward so that yep. people can visually see you as somebody worthy of following. Whereas yeah. I feel like the more weird you are on other channels, then people are like, yeah, that person looks interesting. <laughs> yeah, you fit so, right in. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to so talk a little bit it, about it. That. Um, there's, there's a question that had popped into my, my head, Raya, about yeah. this is about cancel culture. I don't really know much about it. All I know is that if you're on social media and you say something that doesn't suit a certain set of people, you get, you know, quote unquote, canceled. Tell us what that means. So, I mean, I'm probably not the very best person, but I've seen this happen somewhat. Um, Mm. And that is that if you say something that is considered offensive or really rubs people the wrong way, there can mm-hmm. be this, you have to think of it like if you're in the schoolyard and yep. um, you're uh, unpopular for whatever reason, um, and then a, a gang of people come up to you and then they like come at you and yep. then you're deemed as unacceptable. That's a little mm-hmm. bit like what happens in cancel culture. Uh, and that is like you, essentially if the people who align with you and you're this person who's offensive, um, then they're attacked as well for aligning with you so it causes Uh, people to abandon you as a creator or an influencer because you're seen as somebody who's no longer um you know fitting in the mold fitting in the mold yeah yeah wow that's pretty sad isn't it that you don't have the opportunity as much nowadays to you know have a point of view have an opinion but hey i'm learning all the time right (laughs) yeah let's let's shift gears a little bit right i'd love to uh, you know i remember when I was young, I, one of the first things I ever did, uh, and I love to tell this story, is about how I got five bucks for washing a car. Do you remember your first ever entrepreneurial experience? Yes. Um, well, I, I mean, there's so many, but I think that what pops out in my mind is when I was 10 years old until probably 14, I started, owned, operated the most aggressive babysitting empire that you have ever seen. Um, (laughs) And yeah, somebody, crazy person, let me watch an infant newborn um, when I was 10. And it just kind of built from there. And by the time I was 13, I had babysitting jobs, regular babysitting jobs. Like I was their childcare six days a week. Um, So I would walk from my middle school to the people's house and watch um, kids. And so I just had constant money coming in. I mean, the candy supply was like <laughs> Never lo- flowing. Yeah, flowing. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Now, I, um, I often uh, think about superpowers, you know, the one thing that we, we do as individuals the best. What do you think yours is? You know, I want to say, actually, I know that my superpower is relating and connecting to people. I um I learned that I'm not a very active listener, um, (laughs) despite my chagrin, but it's because when I'm speaking to people, I'm already thinking ahead. I'm hearing what they're saying. 
And I'm thinking ahead, how do I relate to this person? Who can I connect them to? Um, and I love making those connections. Um, and I'll often ask people, like, uh, when I'm networking with other business owners, I'll say, not just the who's your ideal client, but what would your, if I was to be talking to your ideal client, what would they be saying? Like, what should I be listening out for? Mm -hmm. um, and what are you needing in your business? And even with friends too, just having that um, pulse yep. on what's happening the best that I can, because obviously I can't be everywhere, but I am very um, empathetic in that regard. And I, I like to have personal relationships where I'm truly connecting with people. Um, yeah. I just love how you flow. You know, you just, it, whatever comes out, comes out. And that's what I think is, you know, representative of your authentic self. That's, that's wonderful. Thank you very much for sharing. Now, I'd like to know, why was it that you decided to write this wonderful book? Where's the genesis of this book? And tell us about but, it. Yeah, I, what's so funny is this book, was supposed to be a um, entrepreneurial book for women about getting comfortable with the uncomfortable, which is not what this book is about. <laughs> um, so when I was I was in a program um, called the Book Creators Institute or the Creators Institute, and um, and then I was published through New Degree Press, and mm -hmm. they said just start writing stories, like essentially journal, like whatever comes out. And so these series of stories started coming out and then they started pouring out of me. Um, and then I started pulling a string between all of these stories and how they connected to other people. And I was like, wow, this is scary and frightening because I'm gonna put all of my biz out there. Um, and then I just said, you know, like you said about the authenticity, it's like, okay, well, if I'm gonna tell it, I'm gonna tell the whole story. I'm not, this is not a sob tale. Even no. the most difficult chapter, I, mm. you know, I did some things in that exit where um, I thought I was reclaiming my power, but really I was making an ass out of myself. But um, <laughs> that's why the subtitle is, it's a no BS tale of screwing up and succeeding anyways. And that's yep. really um, where I think the heart is. Like we can't think we're going to be perfect and that's when we're going to be able to be successful it's really in the imperfection that we find that success yeah wow wonderful feedback now i'd love to know when you uh wrote the book did you find closure did you find that it closed some loops in your past for you it was um pretty excruciating i'm not gonna lie <laughs> um, yeah. because it really did uh kind of rip open um something that i try really hard to pretend is doesn't bother me anymore and and even like thinking about things that i didn't think were that important but as i'm documenting the emotion behind them like even the little kid stuff um was very interesting to me but i do think that um it did bring an element of closure and it did um, bring me out into the forefront. Um, and it's also outed me to my friends. So I've had friends yep. call me and say, I'm so mad at you because some of yep. these things that happened, I was there and I didn't know that that was happening and you didn't, you didn't tell, tell me. Yeah. yeah. So I think it brought closure, but it also really um, made me more human to other people. So my one particular friend says, 
Um, that's it. If you go radio silent, I am like showing up on your doorstep <laughs> because <laughs> I, I know it. something bad is happening. Yeah, that's wonderful. I, I wonder, did, did during the writing process, did you find that uh, a thought came to mind that what I write here, I might not be comfortable for my children to, to read? And did that curtail or change the way you wrote the book at all? Um, interestingly enough, there is a chapter for each of my girls. Um, so there's a chapter, the chapter called Anatomy of Tenacity is actually about, and I interviewed my eldest daughter for that. And then there's mm -hmm. a chapter, um, called in the middle about my middle child. And then the, um, conclusion is inspired by, and brings up my, um, my youngest. And most of the stuff that happened in that, uh, in the book, they already know I have a very open relationship with them. And I didn't yeah. tell like every every detail of my life, you know, in there. No. Um, but uh, I think the most uncomfortable parts were when I wanted to speak to them directly about things that related to them. Mm -hmm. And in particular, my middle daughter, um, we've had a more challenging relationship and it didn't go so well because she had her like words for me about <laughs> <laughs> about how I am as a mother. And that was really heartbreaking for me too. But I think it's really opened up a dialogue for us to have a better relationship. So yeah. in like the overarching theme, I don't think that there was anything of, of a surprise. Although um, I did read a portion of the book um, to my oldest and she started crying and she's like, mom, I knew all those things happened, but I didn't realize how it affected you. I didn't realize like how that felt for you. Yeah. And so she's like, I, I'm so sorry that that happened. And I'm like, you know what? It's, it's not okay, but it's okay. You yeah, know? Absolutely. Yeah. They sound like wonderful young individuals. Um, they and are. it's, uh, you know, it, it, you've truly empowered them through whatever it is that you've done, uh, through this book. So if anybody's on the call today, make sure you definitely get your hands on this book. Now, how did you know when this book was finished? How did you know when to put the pen down? Do you oh, have you know what? I think I could have kept going. I actually edited. I mean, this book was at least double the length. Um, yeah. And I cut so much. I mean, the book is 138 pages. And in consideration to like the average book is like maybe twice that size. Yep. Um, but what I wanted was something so succinct, so poignant that I just got right to the heart. And I had to look at each chapter and I had to say, is this a story about me or is this a story about we? you know, like, am I telling our story through my lens or am I just mm. telling my story? Um, and so I think I could have kept writing, but what I decided to do instead was basically put those things on a shelf and say, maybe those are part of a blog or maybe those are part of the next book or, you know, maybe those are part of, uh, you know, something else. But you cannot go wrong with an, an amazing editor. And I had um, Caitlin Conville from New Degree Press was my revisions editor, and she was amazing. So I, yep. I used to tell her, if you put a line through it, I don't even look at it. You don't even look you at it. don't even no. look at it. I just erase it because I trust you so implicitly that if it doesn't resonate with you, it's gone. Like, that's it. <laughs> that's it. It's done. Now, now, there's something very interesting that you've said there that uh, your next book, so very excited to hear that you're uh, continuing to write. Are you underway yes. at the moment? 
I'm taking a mini break because I, mm. I definitely want to give this book its day in the sun. Um, yep. But I do plan, um, my current thought is to continue the successful as fuck, like basic brand Model. Yep, um, yep. and continue it into different situations. Like, um, you know, maybe specifically for mothers or for entrepreneurs or for, um, you know, different, uh, where things could, the elements could change because yeah. they're a different, um, group of people and, mm -hmm. um, have it flip a little bit to be more, um, stories from other people with my stories mattered in there. You know what I mean? So yeah. it, it's definitely at least another book is coming and Excellent. probably will be starting in 2023. So, Fantastic. Um, yep. yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Thank you very much for the feedback. Now, tell us a little bit about the website and uh, your community. I think that's very important. Yes. So uh, the website is my name, RayaGonzalez.com, and that's Gonzalez with the Z on the end. Mm -hmm. um, and we are in the inception of building a community. Um, it's built on the, a platform called Heartbeat, which is similar to like Mighty Network. So there's channel feeds and an app and all sorts of things but we're going to have discussions around things that are unconventional like i yep. envision it being like people who have like a dmd channel like you know like what what did your character do in your campaign <laughs> yeah, yeah. that was amazing or you know <laughs> or having you know having these different segments where we have a main conversation and and dialogue but we're also having these side conversations where people who have like interests can um, share their wins and their failures. And that's really normalizing that, normalizing the wins and the failures, not in a poor me or a show-offy way, but really mm. like, this is part of normal life and it deserves to be recognized. Loving this call. Again, there's just so much to unpack here. Now, with all that being said and done, um, when somebody wants to buy this wonderful book, can they buy it through the website or? They currently it's on Amazon and uh, BarnesandNoble.com and quite a few other uh, book selling um, websites. The hardback and paperback are actually in process right now on Amazon um, through their they have to approve it. Delivery so service. within yep. the next yep. couple of days it'll be up there. Um, but the ebook is um, is available and I have a small quantity. I have some. Uh, free copies if people want to shoot me an email if they're still left I'm happy to pass them along um, a free copy of the ebook um, but it's it's available on Kindle for $4.99 and then um, the paperback and hardback like I said and it's a beautiful cover it's very provocative yes, I love it, it won't make yeah. an excellent excellent addition <laughs> your bookshelf <laughs> <laughs> absolutely love it thank you so much Ryan. now if yes. you're on this call today and you want to grab uh, a copy of this book first i recommend that you go to raya gonzalez that's with the z on the end check out the website and join the community connect with raya i'm sure she'll be more than happy to hear from you and again go yes. to uh, amazon if you want to get the book and uh raya what a wonderful call thank you so very much for joining me on the show today Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the call, then make sure to subscribe, leave a comment, share us with your friends and book your spot on the show at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. And if you're looking for solutions that will help grow your business, then visit myfuturebusiness.com forward slash shop.